Season 2, Episode 1, and we're joined by the regulars of Neil Williamson, Dom Harmon, and myself, JK. Um, today we are joined by a person that you have seen doing this. A person? <laughs> a person? <laughs> a person. A person <laughs> seen doing this. <laughs> what, was the, what was the thumb action as well? Me, JK. <laughs> He's got his radio voice on. <laughs> Thanks for radio. Bristol did respond, though through Will Hurrell, the centre, powering his way through the Saints' defence to touchdown. <laughs> of course, we are joined by none other than Will Hurrell. Will, how are you doing this evening? Yeah, really good, mate. Really good. It's uh, been busy, actually. Been real busy. Yeah, I noticed you've got a lot going on in regards to um, a lot of the charity work that you do in regards to mental health and starting a new job recently. And Yeah, so how's it all going? What's been going on with the, the busyness? Yeah, really good, mate. Um, so I got, got involved in this um, legal recruitment business, international one run by a guy called Liam Mooney, who used to play for Exeter about 432 years ago. But um, he's a really good boy, actually. And I first, like, I got introduced to recruitment by a few lads and I was a bit wary. I was like, mm, Yeah, you can't trust recruiters. Can't yeah, I was like, I'm not, <laughs> like, I'm not sure I'm going to fit in with this drinking port after a big sale on the, like mm. Saturday night. But um, like Liam, top man, and actually, he's his big focus was on getting the right people in the right companies, building relationships, and and a, a big big emphasis on mental health support. And you know, alongside the recruitment was a this thing called the HR shop where you deal remotely with uh, companies HR. But um, my role in that now has been uh, promoted to director of uh, leadership and, and management. Nice. Um, so I'm actually leading the whole of the sort of leadership. And we've, we've just today finished a webinar on um, mental health in the workplace because it's notoriously quite bad in, in law firms. And um, alongside that, it, it has been quite bad in, in certainly some of the rugby teams I've been in. Certainly some lads have been really struggling um so yeah just been rolling with that mate and then doing a load of um a load of media on um done some with loose heads um done some, uh, some models daily mail and stuff like that so just just really trying to you know get get my story out there and and hopefully it helps someone yeah you've been doing a lot and obviously there's a great thing with loose heads um something you may or may not know is we've got some uh recent collaborations with here at dodger sevens yeah so, yeah, it's a good bunch of lads over that way, but um, yeah, life after rugby seems to be on the up for you. Um, so we'll go. We'll go back into a little bit of your rugby history. Um, yeah. oh, a, lot, a long one, many teams. Where, where did it all start for you? What, what, what's uh, was it school or? Yeah, so like just started at school, mate, and um, always loved it. Like dad was a pro footballer, trying to get me to play football, and I was absolutely sure. rubbish. Yeah, yeah, I know, like proper triangle feet as well. Just couldn't keep the ball straight. <laughs> it's the wrong oh, shape ball, that's why. <laughs> yeah. It's it's the <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, I just, I, I went into start playing rugby, just absolutely loved it. Um, kicked off at school, got into England, uh, 16th year early, only one, and then just sort of built from there. Got into Leicester, um, played a few first team games, thought I was the big dog. Got released. <laughs> the, usual, <laughs> the usual chat. Um, and uh, yeah, like I was gutted about that to be fair, because I did like it at Leicester and some really good boys there, but um, wasn't meant to be. And then 
had a year at London Welsh, got promoted and um, got released that year as well, just because they wanted some some bigger dogs in the Prem. And yeah. that was literally it. So from there, I sort of I went sort of downhill. Like um, I spent a month at Rotherham, which I just hated it up there. Like nothing to, there wasn't nothing against them, but I just didn't fit. Yeah. Like yeah. yeah, a couple of boys just didn't get on with and uh, Northerners. Yeah, she's <laughs> <laughs> got a massive chip on her shoulder, honestly. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, they're, they're like a close group of boys, and I was a young, flamboyant, mouthy, big ginger twat on the wing. And, um, and obviously, <laughs> coming to this Rotherham team, and they were like, Who's this fucking knobhead? Um, yeah, so after that, I was just sort of um, dropped right down and played at Salbridge with my brother and Nat too, and went to uni, did a master's degree, and just built back up. Played Coventry, had a really good season at Donny, and then in Bristol for four years. So, and well, it was going really well. Yeah, going back well, to, I think you uh, you did miss one of your biggest uh, teams. I mean, I know you're only on loan, but come oh. on. We're Very not about Thank that, you. We're not on the, we're not on the <laughs> shit team in the, in the, in the south-west, are we? Come on. <laughs> hey, it's some dog shit ground. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Hey. Hey. I mean, being a Wasp fan, you can't talk about grounds, mate. Yeah, but, but they say that Wasp... Hey, it's the hell of a ground. They just can't fill it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a massive ground. We just can't get as many fans in there as we want. Because <laughs> <laughs> London I mean, Wasps don't fair, originate no. from Coventry. <laughs> hey, do you know Wasp? I've, I've been so impressed with Wasps in the semis and the final, though. Yeah, Clearly, Lee, Lee Blackett is. Um, do you know? Actually, um, I read an article that Lee had done, and he'd gotten a psychologist after the final. And mm. clearly, he's he's bothered about you know mental health and boys performing. And he said he'd wish he'd done it he'd done it sooner. And I, that just really impressed me. And I said I'm not surprised they've gone semi in the final and done so well because yep. he's clearly bothered about the boys' mental health. Mm. Exactly, especially with the fact that what 11, 11 COVID tests, te- positive tests, couldn't train yeah. for the week prior to it, having to bring mm. in I think it's two or three players that would normally be on the uh, the starting twenty-two. And literally yeah. took it to the absolute wire. Yeah, Exeter, wow. fair enough. They were uh, mm. tired from a week before, but <clears> they, just, the resolve in the team was just mad. The depth that I, they've got. You know, honestly, I mad. thought they were. Yeah, I honestly thought they'd do it though. On when they're mm. on that five meter, um, and they had that throw in, I was like, they're going to do this. Yeah. And then oh, yeah. just went. Uh, when they missed it, it was so unlucky. I felt bad, so bad for the young hooker that was on. But like, uh, Exeter just have this habit at the minute of just fucking winning, don't they? That's so yeah. good at the moment. Yeah, phenomenal team. That's, but uh, I think going through next next year with, I mean, there's no end in sight at the moment. Sorry to be doom and gloom to COVID, right? So yeah, in terms of now. no, but no, hang on, it is you know. But in terms of that, like. Do you think there's any going to be any teams that if, if we can't get fans in the stadium soon, do you think there's going to be any teams that are in danger of seriously folding? I know Dom's going to say. <laughs> yeah. I think most of them, gen- I think most of them genuinely are at the moment. Wasps don't have that issue. We don't fill stadiums. True. They've not noticed the hit whatsoever. <laughs> uh, I think, to be fair, my, my point is, I think Bath are going to struggle because obviously if you look at the, the, the derbies that they have with Gloucester, and, uh, and Bristol, 
Still. The rec gets filled on those days. And I think with yeah. no fans on those big, big turnout days, it's not just, as you say, it's not just the um, the fans or, or the stadiums that are going to fold up the rugby clubs, it's the local businesses. You look at yeah. Bath, as soon as a Brist- Bristol versus Bath game, I remember a, f- a 15, 16-year-old lad going down when we were playing Devizes, 15, 16-year-old, mm-hmm. and going to the rec watching Bath versus Bristol. It was heaving. You couldn't freaking move. Yeah. yeah. I think, yeah, it's, it's the local teams like that. Leicester, not going to have that much of an issue. They've got, they've got I think, bigger, well, Leicester big, were lucky to not go down this season. Say, they've got bigger issues than Thank God for, for Saris. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, I, I, it, this is something, and I've actually, I did a column in the Herald of, I'm doing, hmm. and I mentioned about this, right? I've sat here months ago watching New Zealand have packed people full in stadiums, right? Yeah. And rugby starting ages ago. Why can't we do it and do it sensibly, right? Get everyone in, get everyone wearing face masks, gloves if you have to. People will wear gloves and come and sit and watch it, right? Yeah. And have a one-way system, you know, have a server going around with beers with the big kegs and, mm-hmm. you know, just do it, but do it safely. Even if you want yeah. the people in there, it's, you, you're just killing the sport at the minute. Exactly. And, you know, we've, I, I did a, I did a, uh, I had a talk earlier with the Plymouth lot and the coaches, and they're all really positive. But like, mm. it, we, if they don't start doing something with grassroots and, and that, it's gonna be, it's gonna be fucked, mate. And the champions. Yeah. So I think, I think, I think, I'm, I read somewhere recently that the grassroots are looking to potentially coming back, but mm. crumbs and no malls. <clears throat> yeah, and that's what I think. That's it's on the cusp of the RFU allowing that for a January staff. Obviously, yeah. the leagues are not happening. However, I can't say January. Aren't we just going to a situation of, oh, let's just play league? Isn't it's, it's not our sport. Well, it's, it's the the, the GRFU and the, and the Hereford RFU have sent round to all the clubs. It's not happening basically this season. Full stop. That's it. You know, knocked it on the head. All lower league stuff, you know, because I've I've been I play for a lot of clubs, so I get messages from like Norton in Gloucestershire, bloody Hereford Greyhounds, and it's all being the same across the board. It's it's a big time player off this season. Oh, you know that, but you know, <laughs> but it's uh, yeah, it's like it, yeah, it's been knocked on the head this season. So there's gonna be nothing. I mean, there'll be no sevens the next summer. I don't think at no. this rate. Those, this they've rate. all been told to get jobs, haven't they? All yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. All, I've got a couple on LinkedIn and they're down for looking for work now. And yeah. it's just, and the, and the women's as well are going to struggle. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. They were, they were building the up, is, they were going really well. And it's, mm. um, <clears throat> well, yeah. a lot of those, I know a lot of the Simmons lads are now working at schools and have been picked up by a lot of the um, education sector to come in as um, coaches for the first teams, et cetera, ready for. I think it's good for them because. I think that's the best sector for the Sevens teams because come the summer, that's when they need to be ready. Yeah. And they can get some private funding or whatever, work their way through Monday to Tuesday, Monday to Friday through the winter periods, get ready for the summer season and then sort of... Gonna be. They're going to have to maintain that level of fitness or in and around that region to be ready because if the Sevens okay. does come back, yeah. they're going to have mm. to hit the ground running. Exactly. Yeah. Literally, excuse the pun. <clears throat> It comes to something where if you look at the, obviously the Pacific Islands, they've always been shouting about funding has been sparse. We're not able to fund this and the other. And Fiji Sevens teams are not exactly telling them to go find other jobs. Yeah. So no. I not. But then England, England Sevens, the powerhouse and a country that has been known for rugby for so long, it's literally like, nah, sod you, we're not, we can't afford it. It's like, how? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's the, uh, the old boys in the uh, big offices. 
this is this is what this is what frustrates me is the people making these decisions aren't aren't in amongst it and involved in it. Um, you know, we've been dictated by government who haven't really got an invested interest in it at all, and they're happy to say, "Look, we've stopped the spread of COVID," but then there's yeah. people still crammed in shops in the lockdowns, mate. Yeah. Uh, and, oh, yeah, we're going to show you. People getting the cheap to work every day as well. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's yeah. pro protests in London. I've just seen a live one. There's about, yeah. must be about 20,000 people in a in a 100, 100 meter space. And yeah. I'm just thinking, like, we've got to look at this, like, what's best for the, you know, the country, the economy. Yeah. And everything. Well, everything. They, they had the, oh, we're going to lock everything down Thursday. Give us, like, three days' notice. That's basically saying to everyone, go, go and have a last bender. Go and spread it. Yeah, I've, I've, had, I've had three days on the lash this week. Yeah, I'm not surprised. <laughs> yeah. That's standard though, Dom. That's yeah. <laughs> but no, coming back, slow, to the, uh, coming back to the end of the season, obviously a lot of your, your old pals <laughs> in Bristol getting a bit of European success. Thoughts on that? Long time coming, do you reckon? Yeah, I mean, they've, they've been good, haven't they? They're really, so really good. cracked on, played some really good rugby. Um, I mean, Wasps really, really punished them in the semis. Um, so I, I knew they'd bounce back after that. Um, I thought Toulon were, were a bit wishy washy, but like. I don't always... think they haven't got the names they're used to anymore, have they? They really haven't. Uh, they haven't rugby as a whole is making a, taking a big dip. They're, they're domestic rugby. Taking a huge dip. They, if you looked at European rugby and you thought who's going to win it this year, you put you you put tenor on uh, a French team coming back with with silverware. Now, what a chance! You, you could even yeah. look at things like Zebra in, in Italy coming up with some kind of goods against the French. Um, yeah. Some of the team teams. I think that probably just shows that they're probably the the lads are getting treated the way that they feel like they should be because that mm. they, they there feels like a lack of bite from them. That you see him yeah. from Exeter, from Wasps, from Bristol. Um, you know, you've seen these teams with really with a real want to try and win and succeed, and that's all down to management. That is hundred percent. And and like mindset goes a long way. Like you were saying earlier as well. You know, caring about players, <laughs> not only their mental health, but like being in the right mindset and stuff. I mean, first person I remember doing that, and forget forgive me for mentioning the the dreaded F word, but it was Glenn Hoddle. Um, manager of the England football team and he brought in like um, it wasn't a psychic it was like a I can't, what, I can't remember the name of an out so he brought in like this faith healer that was it oh, to what? try and help him out obviously I've, heard, I've him heard, heard of it yeah I've heard yeah, of that but, but that was I mean don't get me wrong yes it was football yes it didn't work but that was the first instance I'd kind of heard of that where I thought do you know what that's that's there might be something in that Cause, because you know happy players score happy players win in whatever sport you know as long as they're you know, mentally, you know, stable. That you know, that sounds awful, but you know yeah. what I mean. Like, it, uh, you know, leveled out and and you know, in a good place, then you're only going to perform better, aren't you? So, yeah, it's uh, it's mad, but it's 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 good to see how how much of an impact that has on sport nowadays. Because there's people, you know, do go off and do degrees about it, and 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 you know, really learn about you know that sort of side of things. And uh, yeah, it's mad. Yeah. Right? I think I think there's still a lot to come. I mean, it, it fucking astounds me that rugby clubs don't have full time psychologists. You got yeah. you got you got six full time physios and a doctor looking after everyone's physical health. Why not yeah. have someone on 40, 50 grand a year? That's all it'll cost you. Yeah, yeah. having someone to say, right, you're independent. You know, make sure these boys are ticking a hundred percent, and they can come yeah. to you 
about anything, performance, anxiety, problems at home, you know, stresses. And it, it might just be an extra couple of percent on a few players and, you, and you're flying. But the return on investment on that is you will get a better output from the players because there are, yeah. they, they not, well, not only will they know that they're looked after, but at the same time, they know they've got someone there to talk to. Nine yeah. times out of ten, if you look at, I can guarantee, if you look at the Exeter team after their um, cup final, I can guarantee the emotional state of them lot coming, knowing that what they've got to come in a week's time would have yeah. been all over the place. And they know yeah. the pressures, the, the massive pressure on them to go, we've got to get the double. It's Because if you look at Exeter 10 years ago, they would never have dreamed to be where they are now. Yeah, Championship, yeah. getting ready to get into the Premiership and look at them, double uh, cup, uh, Premiership winners and European winners. Mm. 10 years later. So the pressure's on that to be the, the only, the, one of the best, the, the team to do that for the first time would have been huge yeah. and I guarantee they would have been feeling it. I yeah. think that could probably go a long way to their performance um, on that Saturday, on that weekend was yeah. mainly down to, they, they weren't just physically burnt out, but the mentally, they were they were shocked. I mean, yeah. the, 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 the toll it would have taken on that day, game day, I, I can't even fathom. Yeah. And I think you're right. I, I think what a, a small psychologist in each, and every, in, in each team definitely helped. Football do it. They've got 100%. They've got sports psychologists looking after the players, and you can see the output they get from it. Yeah, yeah. the top teams don't they? They just carry on performing, and they're yeah. sometimes playing three games a week. Yeah, and you see top teams like when Leicester won the won the cup. Yeah, big city. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, you, you where know, are they now? I'm sorry, where, where are they now? No, I don't know. Well, I'm talking about back then. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, like they, they, you know, they must have got it spot on because they were they were playing sort of three games in in seven eight days and like winning all the games and really flying on. And I just think to have that much, like you say, pressure, having the repeat efforts, you know, after big game, big game, big game, like mm. it's the you got to have something right psychologically. Um, and like you say, all these football teams, they all do have full-time psychologists. Um, yeah. I just I think, think that, needs to move on now. Right? And, and even if they don't want to go pay 40, 50 grand, if one team literally goes to a university and say, look, sports psychologists, if you're doing your, your dissertation, how about you come and join us for a year? Come to yeah. us, sit with us for a whole year. We'll give you, mm-hmm. say, we'll, we'll pay for your university fees. What's that to them? It'll be a yeah. huge thing for them that they get free from university, but at the same time, they're getting on the job help. They can do it on the job. The dissertation is done. At the same time, they're actually helping a team out and you're getting some very valid data to go to other teams and start actually going, right, this actually works. Let's start paying for the big boys. Yeah, yeah. I think um, there's some organisations that are like looking to like try and instill it into players and all that. But I think that, and you said it there, Will, was it, they need to be independent because if you're within the team or you're a coach or a member of staff within the team, you know, you're dealing with 40, 50 lads a week, potentially. So, you you know, you're not going to have that chance to just look at them, you know, chat to them and have that sort of relationship with, you know, each player. So, yeah, I think they need to be independent and they need to be from, yeah, an external source. Yeah. yeah, Because if, as well, if you, if they're employed by the club, then you you know that you, you be, will always be worried about it getting back and they're saying, oh, they're not yeah, ready. Yeah. Like, they're not ready. Um, yeah. But yeah, it, it, I think it needs to happen definitely. Um, yeah. it seems to, so in my time at Bristol, I had sit. I've had six lads 
come up to me, and this is in, I, me, I was in this stage as well. Six lads come up to me and say, I'm really struggling, like really struggling. And two of them, like, I've had enough. Like, I, I could yeah. jump on the fucking Clifton Bridge. And like, I, I was sort of trying to manage that and, you know, speak to them and take them out for beer and that. But I was thinking, like, where's the, where's the fucking support? Like, the RPA yeah. do, do a great job, but very often that has to be, um, for, you know, coming from the individual. So I'd have to go and say, right, I need some help. Like, yeah. And quite often you don't want to ask for that help. Yeah. And, you know, if they had someone coming in and, and looking at the lad, you, you could say, fuck, I can see you struggling. Yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah I, I think it's just, I, I think it's just a, an opportunity missed to not have only happier players, but to improve performance as well. Yeah. And I think obviously if the pros are doing it, then that's, You'd like to think that trickles down to uh, grassroots levels as well. Yeah. Definitely. I think with kids, there is, I think, well, uh, there's a, a, a kids team, well, a few kids teams at, at like Gloucester Old Boys who's played for, and, and I think they've got like a, a, fair, a well-being officer and that sort of thing. But I think it's more aimed because it's young children. Um, but if they can get it right at that level, then surely it should, like you say, go the other way as well, Dom. You know, it should go up if, if it's working at kids' level and looking at, you know, then I don't know, but it's just it always comes down to money, doesn't it? That's the problem. Yeah, it yeah, does. But, as I say, the return on investment you get from that money, anyways, is, is astronomical. If you win, start winning the league because you've looked after your players better. Yeah, the funding and the sponsorship is going to come flowing in. Fifty grand don't is a drop in the ocean to a one point two million pound sponsorship deal because you've won the league. Yeah, you That's bang on. Man. You bang on. Mental health is not just about the boys that are struggling. It's a it's a performance yeah. as well. Yeah. As I say, it's it's that whole age-old thing, and I think a lot of rugby players now, especially in the modern game, burnout. Yeah. The burnout rate is huge. It's absolutely massive because it's a stronger, faster, fitter game. You've got younger mm. boys coming in at 17, 18 years old, pushing the old boys out, and the old boys are having to push even harder to try and stay in the game because they're older. Mm. And, that's the, and they're burning out a lot quicker because if you look at a lot of the forwards, they can... Generally, you look at the Delalios, you look at Haskell, we went on to his late 30s, um, all of them to the mid to the late 30s. Uh, nowadays, you're seeing first-team rugby players are 28 to 32 because they're burning out and you, you, you get a new mm. blood in and that's a mental that's a mental state. It's it's not just because they're feeling down or whatever. They're just mentally shot. Yeah. yeah. And I think now, it's like now, now more than ever is where it's needed. The boys are needed looking after, going from or they did do where they were going from playing training every single day to nothing. Yeah. Now motivation is gone. How how they got them back, I have no idea. Especially to the to the standard. In fact, you probably saw it. You saw some of the teams that were, weren't doing so well. They were like mid, mid to lower league, low in the league. Yeah. Started breaking the creeps up because somehow they made it better on the on the return to rugby. They were a little bit better, and their, their mindset was there. So whether they had something yeah. going on internally, fair play to them. And you saw some yeah. of the top of the upper team start dropping because clearly they didn't have what was something to kind of get them back into yeah. it. it, it Sales. You. Yeah. Sales lost it, didn't they? Yeah. Dead yeah, cert top four. And they just kept dropping down and losing games and lost opportunities. <laughs> um yeah, you bang on, mate. Yeah. I guarantee the majority of that would have been mindset. It had yeah. been that, that it's not because they were having mental health issues per se, but they needed someone to talk to to kind of gear them up and say, "Look, it's all going to be all right. 
we're going to get there. We're going to do this. This is what we need to do. What do you need from us? What do you need from the club? Because that's I'm going to mediate and say, this is what this player needs. I'm the one who's going to be your voice where you may not feel you've got it. Yeah. It's that sort of thing. That's yeah. agreed. Definitely a lot that needs to be done. Yeah. But, yeah. Moving on to some international stuff. Well, we had the, uh, I wouldn't say the grand climax of Six Nations. I thought it was uh, rather dull of a... Uh, it's a, it's a wet games. squid. It was, do you know what? It's the first England game I generally, I didn't watch the second half. I was bored. I disagree on the... On the <laughs> I, I was bored. I disagree on it being anticlimactic because I can. I was loving watching the Ireland game. Yeah, we had the England Italy game was a bit wishy washy, but going into the Ireland France game, I was like, "Oof, this could go any way now." And it made that game that I would not generally want to watch yeah. more interesting for me. So yeah. yeah, the England game was a bit anticlimactic. We were going to win it anyways. We we got off the mark a bit late, but it made the whole finale a lot better. Yeah. Yeah. And that plays out moving into this uh, autumn. Was it? What are they calling it? Is it Nations, Nations, Cup. Nations Cup? That's Cup. it. Yeah. I mean Fiji and Fiji and Georgia. Ireland, Ireland, Wales, Italy, Scotland, England, Georgia, and Fiji. Yeah. What's your What's your thoughts on that? How's that going to pan out? Well, will it go ahead? Sorry to be yeah. the donor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think it's going ahead. I don't think, they've not stopped professional sport, have they? We were, we were, well, we saw the debacle with the uh, barbarians. Anything could happen. Oh, oh, oh yeah, we skipped over that. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> How bad would you feel? How bad would you? I mean, is he going to be remembered for that? You know, like yes. that makes oh, a mistake in his in his pitiful apology. Um, you know, but if you were like Jesus having your first cap, no mercy. You know, but like Lewis Ludlow was. Um, you know, I'm, I'm obviously a Gloucester fan, but like he had his first. He was supposed to be his first cap for England. It would have been other other guys as well, I believe, and and it was just. It, it's kind of ruined it for everybody else. Is that? I mean, I know lads go out and you know, but surely if you're going to do that at all, you do it the night after the match, not before it. And I know the bar bars yeah. is supposed to be an absolute piss up normally, but yeah, that's just. I've, I've heard it's free bar day night before night yeah. of the game and the night after. Even in the five star hotel where oh, they could well. have eaten together and had a bit of a piss up previously. Yeah. Mm. Such a hard life living. It pissed me off. My wife got this right, and she sat there and goes, "I feel bad." And I said, "Why?" And she goes, "All these grassroots players are sat there itching to play, really want to get back on the field, wanting to get yeah. out there." And then you've got the likes of the Barbars who have this massive opportunity where their season's finished, but they're getting this chance. Yeah, they go and fuck it up. They go mm-hmm. do something outrageously stupid where we're trying to get on with our lives, trying to get through this COVID. Mm-hmm. You guys are trying to uh, wanting to get onto the pitch, and then they go and fucking do something like that. Why? Because they wanted a fucking meal. They went outside of a five star hotel where there's a restaurant on site where they could have got a few drinks and a drip and a meal while you're sat at home waiting for that game. Actually excited to watch a Barbars versus England game. Yeah, yeah, that's on tour though, isn't it? Yeah. Now I I get that, Don, but it, it JK's right there. You've hit the nail on the head. That's that is. 100%. I didn't look at the bigger picture there, but you're right. You know, there is hundreds of thousands of people wanting to watch this game, maybe even millions, you know, and and getting excited for it. And and the sake of, you know, six or seven people going, say, going out and doing that, it's ruined it for everyone because everyone, that would have been a release for everyone mm. right now, wouldn't it? You know, yeah. just to watch that little bit of rugby, especially a bar yeah, I'm going to just be on the pitch. You know, you know what? Set those seven players off. I'll go fucking play against England. I might get me head kicked. Yeah, I wouldn't want to watch that though, mate. I wouldn't want to watch that. 
bloody boring. I'll go and play against England. Really don't. But it's the fact that I really could get a run over. That'd be fun. <laughs> but no, it's yeah. yeah what, you're what, right, mate. What I think what happens sometimes in rugby, and I've felt this as well, is you lose a bit of perspective. You get in, in a rugby environment, especially professionally, it's so it's so like it's so congested, you just you don't see a bigger picture sometimes. I've mm-hmm. I've felt like that when I was when I was playing and I've had my low points. I've sort of felt not not trapped, but you consumed by rugby and you, you, you forget about what it means to fans and what it means to young lads and yeah. you know you don't talk about mental health. All it is is rugby and oh we've got to do this this week and yeah I've got this sort of training and and that's it. What, 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 what I want to know is what was going through Rob Shaw's head. He's, he's an ex-captain. He's, he's obviously a leader. They knew the COVID rules. I want to know what the conversation was for that to happen. It can't have just been a, oh, let's go for a few drinks and a meal. It had to have been, look, we're, they, they know they weren't allowed to do it. I want to know what the conversation was that brought it up. It's like, you know what? Fuck it. We won't get caught. Bollocks. <laughs> well, I wouldn't trust his judgment. He is on OnlyFans, isn't he? <laughs> I'm sorry that line, out call, that, that line out call in the World Cup as well <laughs> do not trust them calls mate honestly <laughs> what yeah. did you say he's on OnlyFans yeah Rob Shaw's on OnlyFans no apparently. are you joking no someone sent him me the other day oh, yeah. get researching done get researching <laughs> I'll be asking you for that later <laughs> get it in the WhatsApp. I was going to sign up just to see, but I, I, I can't. Please do. Eyebrows. Yeah. No. So yeah, Nations Cup going ahead. Do you think? Um, do you think it's a good idea? Do you think it's something that's pretty, um, pretty kind of out the box, trying to get some extra games in there? Do you think it's going to work out the way it should, or do you think I it's going to be a massive? I think it's. Yeah, I think it's a nice idea. I think they're trying to get some some rugby going on. You know, we've had a massive gap, what a huge gap between the Six Nations, and it, you know, it's it, we have big breaks in rugby, and I think they're just trying to get something going. So, like, I, you know, I mean, I'm a bit, I'm a huge Norse. I'll watch anything. So, <laughs> I'm, I'm happy it's on. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, look, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to seeing like Georgia in the mix. Sort of like I feel like it's a little bit of a test for them because obviously there's always, there's always get that little bit of a you know if they have a terrible spell of games in the Six Nations you see all these people on Twitter saying get Georgia in and stuff like that so I think I mean I'd love them to go and turn Italy over by forty points or something because that'll yeah. just blow Twitter up but yeah. I think it'll be a good test for them to I mean you know you might meet them in the World Cup every four years but you yeah. know to see them play five games, six games against top tier nations. I think it's going to be interesting for that. Do you not think it's yeah. going to show a massive disparity between the two tiers? The, the, the risk of showing a massive disparity? I guess... I don't think so. I think it'll bring them on. I think... I mean, look at, like, the likes of Italy since they joined the Six Nations. I know they've been in the Six Nations for a while now, but they're they're getting there. You know, they've got some hell, bloody strong forwards. You know, they're, they're, they're linking things together and, and they're looking more of a polished team. And I think that can only help Georgia going into this. And I think, yeah, it'll definitely help them. Yeah. I don't think it'll go the other way. I think it'll be a positive effect, not, not negative. I don't think yeah. it'll cause a rift. Mm. An interesting one. Yeah. I just no, I'd like to see it happen. But you see that, to be fair, 
at the same time, I hope it does show the disparity because I think I hope it shows world rugby that mm. the tier two nations, as it were, do need a lot more investment and a lot more time. I hope it really does show them that there is a big yeah. difference between the two two different areas, and they do yeah. need to kind of bring that more in line so that we do have bigger fights in the World Cup. Because the World mm. Cup, if you look at it, it's literally fought out by the same bloody people mm, in the, yeah. into the quarters, semis, etc. Albeit now and then you get a, a few oddities like Japan spanking South Africa in 2015. Mm. But it's not it's very rare that happened. And I think they kind of need to see how vast, vastly different the two teams are. Georgia have a great pack, but they're not very organised in that sense after that. Yeah, they, they're absolutely units, but then when it comes to organisational skills, they're not exactly there or thereabouts. Fiji, love a good flair, but again, they're like running around like headless chickens half the time and mm. um, trying to do everything with one hand. Not going to lie, enjoy it and love seeing it. However, it's gonna, it shows the difference between England, who can do that, but at the same time, have a bit of structure. And I'm hoping, and I know it's a bad thing, but I'm hoping we see big cricket scores because I want more rugby to stand up and say, right, we really need to invest in these other nations like the Fijis, the Samoas, the Tongas, the Georgians, the USA, who, yeah, albeit have gone bankrupt, but it makes World Cup time four years later a hell of a lot more interesting because you don't know who's going to be going through. You're going to look at groups going, you know what, can't, I can't pick between those. Otherwise, it is getting boring. And yeah. I want to see these other nations really pushing through because I know Georgia can do it. On a good day, they could beat England. On a great day, they could beat Italy. But don't think at the moment they can because they haven't got the investment. And I think they need that. Yeah. Yeah, you make a valid point. It is when you watch the World Cup, you you literally you see the two teams going through and you know, right. Yeah. It's almost a bit it's a little bit pointless watching the group games. And <clears throat> you're right, it's nice to either see a restructure of it or see somehow bringing up those tier two teams um, <clears throat> with a bit of investment. Um, you know, to getting over some coaches, some top-end coaches over there, different things like that. Um, it's the same with some of the tier three ones. Obviously, Germany, um, I had the privilege of going out and training with them, and yeah. they were a good setup. However, they didn't have the investment. No. They had the investment, then it'd have been great, but they'd been kicked out of tier three because the investment. And I, I remember the reason the reason why I didn't go back out there was the Deutsche Rugby for them, literally, the investment tanked. They had nothing. Mm. Yeah. And you know, killed them. yeah, funnily enough, one of I got, um, I was talking to Germany about potentially going over and running their, um, their international academy. Oh, wow, well, we had, uh, yeah, we had Damien McGrath on last series, he's the German sevens coach. Yep, that was, yeah, 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 is the head coach for a while. I think he took over Cobus and Mike Ford was out there. Oh, nice. Yeah, he was for wasn't he? But it just didn't help. The investment wasn't there, so they couldn't keep him. I think he'd have been a great, he'd have been a great addition, but no money. And I think that's what World Rugby really needs to start doing is not focus on the, the Tier 1 nations because they're doing it themselves now. They're kind of looking after one another and looking after themselves. It's making big... I think there's always that argument, though, like... They're, like World Rugby want to generate cash just like every other union. So, like, if they just push, push money into the top tiers, they know they're going to get the better kickbacks at the end of the day. Yeah. But if they put, if they start putting money into the other tier two nations and start having hosting freaking big old games in Georgia, 
Can you imagine mm. that's that's more games they're having, that's more money they're generating, that's more. That's and if they, if you think about it, obviously the investment mm. in Georgia rugby goes up. That's localized teams are going to start going up. They start getting a professional structure because they have got some professional teams in the Champions Cup. It's like the it's three tiers of the, of the European Cup. They mm. do actually have a couple of teams, but that's extra added money. Yeah. Revenue goes up because they've got domestic domestic rugby goes up, and you've got more professional outfits in these in these areas. You don't just have South Africa, Australia, New Zealand, England, Italy, and the home nations. You have yeah. Georgia throwing there. You've got Germany, who've got the Bundesliga, very very competitive league. You've got if you get into like Belgium, Norway, they've got very very well thought out domestic leagues, but they're not being they're being overlooked because they're not tier one. Yeah, the um, money's there. Bit of money into How would you, in, in theory, then, in theory, uh, Will or JK, I guess, um, how would you even up if you wanted to like handicap a team or how if if this was just theoretically, if that's how you wanted to do it to make it more fair, not yeah. not talking money, how how could you do that? How would you make it a label playing field other than just sort of saying, right, you've got to start with minus 40 points? I mean, is there any other? No, you can't really handicap in that sense because that doesn't help anyone. You're still going to get a, a stronger team. It's it, uh, it's unsafe. It's, it's massively unsafe. It's all about, it's, it's pumping not just the investment in the time of, in the sense of money, it's the time and effort yeah. you put in those countries. Yeah. It's having yeah. it's having other countries putting coaches in, say like Georgia, putting coaches in Belgium, putting coaches in Norway that are high level to try mm. and bring these teams up because it's all, at the end of the day, money's all well and good. But it yeah. only gets you so far. You need the, the people behind it. So I, I work in technology. I work in IT. And I've always said the same. And I say the thing, you can have the best hardware, the best licensing out there. You can have the most expensive shit. But if you ain't got the people to back it up, it means fuck all. Yeah. Infrastructure, it's gone. So it's the same in rugby. You can pump as much money in as possible. But if you've got Joe Bloggs, who works as a fucking teacher every nine till five on a, every single day, head coach mm-hmm. of a national country, you're not going to get anywhere. No. Whereas if you start putting a person in there that's very high up, who's going to be able to see, not just get you to a standard, but see talent in, in other areas. Because at the end of the day, it's all about perception. It's like, you could say that, you get that, say, Joe Bloggs or works as a teacher say, and says, oh, my, my boy's great, give him a go. And he gives him a go and he gives him uh, this, that and the other because he can't be asked. Whereas if you get likes of Mike Ford, who did go to Germany and coach, and he sees... He sees them and says, no, they're not good. However, I've gone out and I've looked at different areas. I've looked at different scenes and I'm bringing this person in and I'm doing this. You start getting strategies and they get plans. So it's, it's time and effort more than anything else that they're not getting. Yeah. You need the infrastructures in place, don't you? Someone that manages it properly. Um, yeah. You know, you need it. And it starts from like school rugby, doesn't it? From boys yeah. building up, wanting to play. See, oh, I want to play for Germany. And then you get, like you say, a few pro teams, and then it just starts building from there. But it's got to start from the top. You've got to have it, the infrastructure in from the international team, and then you can start setting up stuff lower down from that. Um, you're right. You've got to increase your pool. Yeah, you've got to increase your pool of what you're picking from. Um, and at the minute, teams like Germany and Georgia and that, they just haven't got the pool to choose from. Yeah. Do you think, I mean, the pool in general, do you think that? After we've got over the end of COVID and everything like that, do you think there'll be a lot of players that won't return to rugby in every level? Yeah. Yeah. You in England, I, I, I think there's always going to be looking at it going, the champ's done. Um, yeah. There's not as much rugby in the semi-pro. Mm-hmm. You know, I may as well go and do something else. I'll go and play football. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Well, you know, I mean, two, two Dodgers. Yeah, two players from Dodgers have started playing football just because they're like, I'm sick of just waiting around, not being able to do anything. You know, they. they hey. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'll tell you this. Sorry, Dom. What? No, who's the other guy? Dog. It's Kai. Kai's gone to play football, and um, oh, I can't remember who else it is. But I'll, and you, yeah. you've started six aside as well, you little rat. <laughs> Barely gold. I'm with I'm with you on that one because it's like I have not been to rugby training in two three two months three months mm-hmm. just because it's it's not, I know it's not really going, know, I have to say you're looking very slender JK so what have you been doing so I, I've been concentrating on my my my, my, uh, my martial arts so I've been enjoying that more because what, well, Ludo huh? Ludo Ludo Origami <laughs> oh. nibble that was such an easy nibble it was oh, it bites very very easily it's great but um, <laughs> no I, I'm, I'm agreeing with you Ian Neil so you can shut up yeah. um, <laughs> I, I do think I think more and more people aren't going to go back because I'm now under the thinking it's like if we do go back to some kind of semi-professional sport or, or semi-competitive sport should I say I'm, I'm kind of enjoying myself doing what I'm doing now more than I, well, I am playing or training rugby and yeah. I'm gearing myself ready to get up and, and get in the cage and get onto fighting, but... Mm. In the cage! Yeah, I've, I've, funnily enough, I actually said this as well in my article in the Herald. I said, they've got they've got to look at the structure of English rugby or it's going to be fucked. You've got yeah. championship boys on sort of anywhere between five and 30 grand full-time. You've got the semi-pro boys who, yeah, who can't get paid. Um you know, you, you're automatically promoting Saris from the look of it and saying Ealing can go up if they pay. Um, oh, ridiculous, that. So you're leaving 10 teams in the champ, um, all of who they're not going to be able to afford to pay their lads without the um, without the uh, people watching. And mm. you've got the semi-pro teams going, are we getting paid? Are we starting? What's fucking happening? Right, fine, I'm off to find another job. If they yeah. don't do something, it's going to be fucked, and we're going to have prem teams and academies, and that's it. And that, and then you're going to start struggling because prem teams—they're notorious for taking on loads of academy players and binning ninety percent of them off. Um, yeah, right. I see. It turns it. It turns it into like a more of a pyramid sport, doesn't it? Yeah, mm. yeah. Just making the gap bigger and bigger, and that dream of getting from nat two to prem—impossible. Um, you know, and it, and it's not. It wasn't impossible. Like I, I did it. I went all the way from Starbridge up to Bristol, and yeah. they're, they're, they're making it like for young lads looking at it. They're going, oh, well, there's no money. Um, mm. Yeah, not getting many fans now. It's all sort of died down. I'll do something else, like you said. Yeah, yeah. It's, I'll be really careful. Yeah, it's sad to see. It's sad to see. And, and um, yeah. we're about to see. We're about to see how. <laughs> how big the gap is I think when January comes and the championship's back we're about to see Saracens have kept a lot of their premiership players a lot of their international players might I add who do need game time because they need to be international ready at ready for Six Nations etc so they're mm-hmm. going to have to play and we're about to see how big the gap is and I think that's going to be a ma- I think it's good and bad bad because it's going to be dangerous in sense of scrums if you put the voter pollers up in a scrum and you put that front, you put Jamie George and uh, you put the front row that Saracens would normally put up against the likes of Doncaster Knights, they're going to hurt them in ways that you can't imagine. That's yeah. going to hurt them. But at the same time, it's good because I think it's going to absolutely prove the, the, the complete gap yeah. between Championship and Premiership. Yeah, yeah. and I think. Yeah. Sorry, go on. 
I was, I was going to say, I think England Robbie are going to notice how important the championship actually is mm. after it's gone. Because, it is, you know, there's even massive gaps in the championship with, like, clubs, you know. you got, like... <laughs> You know, some you know some of the, some some of these teams are now signing Premiership players, you know, mm. and there's some there's some teams that are dropping down, dropping boys down to part time or not even getting paid yeah. anymore. Well, do you know what I I said and I I said they need if you want to ring fence it, ring fence it, right? Make the championship a big fucking like a big final at the end. He mm. even put some of the Prem second teams in the championship along with them. Yeah. And, and make it something to aim for with it, you know, a big final, you know, get it at Twickenham or something like that. And then have a sort of draft at the end of the season where boys can get picked to go into premiership sides. Yeah, and that's a great it, idea. It's great. Boys something to aim for. And you can build yeah. up then. You can play National One and go, right, I want to play champ because I want to play in that big final at Twickenham and I want to mm. get into this draft for the Prem teams. Yeah, yeah, and it, sure. It makes it something really achievable as opposed to the pipe dream at the minute of, right, I'm going to go and play for, you know, 15 grand for whoever, Donny, and, I'm, you know, I might get picked up if I tear up. Yeah. yeah. I agree. It's, it's, it's like if you ring fence it, you make it into like a Pro 14, Pro 12, whatever yeah. it is, mm. you, you set it aside as a, as a big thing and they go and fight for the same things like the European Cup and they don't, they don't have that issue where, oh crap, we're going to get relegated, which then the championship aren't thinking, oh crap, they're going to get relegated, yeah. demoralised before the even start, season even ends. And then the championship will inherently start getting the TV rights, which is going to pump a load of money into it because you make it into a big thing. But at the same time, you can start putting them into European stuff because as I said before, if you look at the European Cup structure, you've got the Champions, Champions Cup, Challenge 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 there's one, there's a third, there is a third cup every single year which is fought out by the tier two nations like I think there's two teams from Germany two teams from Georgia uh, and a couple of and two teams from Italy that fight out in that cup you start putting that as a, as a look if you're in the top four you're off to this Champions, Champions Cup you create a whole new European fixture mm. you're spot on mate you're spot on and they've, they've got to do something otherwise like there's your you could, yeah, you're going to end up in this situation where you've got Prem teams and academy, and that's it. Yeah, and that's really dangerous because boys will start getting binned off from there and feel like the world's ended. Mm-hmm. Yeah, got nothing to fight for. And once you start losing that will to fight from the lads, you know people are just going to start binning it off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's a shame because I mean football is going to pull through because they've got the money. Obviously, they've got the money in every stroke, you know, all the way down. And and it's just a shame to see that. You know, rugby's not that you know the same. I mean, there's a lot of people like you're saying. You know, we should be able to have fans in the same. I totally agree. I think people should go in, get maybe get tested on the way or whatever. But yeah. it's got to have. There's got to be some movement on that, or the sport altogether will die. I think it's just. Yeah. Why can't they? Why can't they just have a one-way system, face mask, even if you want them to wear gloves, and that way no yeah. one's no one can even skin to skin people then. That's it. You know, and just do it sensibly. Rather than just binning it off, people watching rugby won't be the problem with for COVID. Yeah. It's people on the piss. It's people going to these protests where there's fucking twenty thousand people in London at the moment. It's yeah. schools. It's unis. It's all these things that that are the issues that probably need to be ironed out. It's not. It's not people watching rugby. Yeah. For me, I think it's, it's sport as a whole, uh, and things like gyms are closing because obviously you saw Hass going out mm. and protests about gym closing. For me. Yeah. 
the idea mm. would be it's like my, my MMA gym, we haven't had a single COVID case. Now we've got strict COVID controls. We've got you get temperature checked as you walk in. You have mm. to register on so that you've got track and trace. You have to wash your hands as you go before you go in. You're yeah. in set two meter squares before when you're training. And, mm. and we prove that every time. But we've not had a single one. I think it should be. When you if you get flagged up on test and trace that your your gym has had a COVID outbreak, you're shut for two weeks. You're just yeah. shut for two weeks. You're done. But yeah. until that's I don't, yeah. don't shut us. Don't shut us until we, until that actually happens. Yeah. Because it's a maybe, oh, it might happen. Yeah, but the likelihood is it's not. We haven't had one in four months. Well, the gyms are one of the safest places in terms of because it's constantly wiped down, constantly, you know, everyone is just yeah. one of the safest places. And, and yet it's the first place to always go. And then that affects people's mental health. Because it's happened to me personally. You know, I used to go to the gym every day, twice a day most days. And I've gone from doing that to not at all. And it's just, it's massively affects you mentally because, you, you know, the endorphins you get from from just doing that bit of exercise and that little bit of, you know, time each day, it just, you know, it's... it's, yeah, me, it's me, me and the missus have just started in Pure Gym and everyone is in there wiping their shit down after they've used yeah. it. Everyone. Yeah. Everyone's miles away. There's big boxes, and you can go in this yeah. bit as long as you're all separate, right? Um, and and like you've just said, mental health. That for me and golf. How they've stopped golf, I have no idea. Oh. You're not even anywhere yeah, there. I know you're a big golfer. I know you're a big golfer. Yeah. So well, yeah, I was on um, Talk Sport, and at this exact point, they said, "So on Wednesday, I can book around a golf, go and have 18 holes, right?" And he yeah. said, "On Thursday, I can do the exact same walk." But if I've got my clubs with me, I'll be arrested or likely to be arrested, <laughs> right? If I haven't got my clubs with me, it's fine. By himself. Yeah. So both days play, play together. How is that? It's just take, lose. take a football and play a bit of foot, foot golf. <laughs> you're not, yeah. It doesn't say you can't do that. Yeah. It's, <laughs> hey, honestly, it's mental. And you've, you've, you've not got the hit in the nail on the head with mental health. Like, what, after I lost rugby, golf and gym was all I had. It's all I've got at the moment. Yeah. And yeah. that was, you know, playing the golf was everything. That competitiveness, you know, yes, I was absolutely shit at it. But <laughs> it's the only thing. It was that competitiveness for me that really got me, <clears throat> really helped my recovery. And yeah. that in the gym really got me fit again. And, you know, again, it's just taken away. And it's yeah. just, yeah. Um, it's, do you think it's worse that we got everything back briefly and then had it taken away again? Do you think it would yes. have been easier if it oh, been sure. all this time? Hundred percent. I think that's going to affect more people because of that. It's like we've got yeah. back into it, like yes, I'm so happy we've got some kind of norm, we've got some kind of thing, and then it's like no, nope, you can't do it. Again. It's like uh, well, I was in the pub. I was in the pub last night for like final lockdown drinks. Honestly, when it was oh, you're the problem. Time, like, you're one of the problems. You are you. <laughs> <laughs> It got to 10 o'clock. We were, like, saying goodbye to each other. Like, it's like the end of the bloody world. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Oh, I mean, man, it yeah. was to an extent, but, you know, you know, it's just like, they're giving us a little taste, but I can't see people sticking to these new lockdown rules. I, I watched I watched one of the um, things on the news where um, this, this little local uh, pub had bought a boatload of kegs for everyone. It had all opened up. And he had about 40 kegs, and he was like, they've just shut us down in three days. He was like, I've just yeah. lost all this money. He said, all this money here, gone. Yeah. It's I'll take just... a keg. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 There with a the trailer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll take them. I'll get, I'll get the, the big car and uh, just load me up. <laughs> no, no, I agree. I mean, we could, we could talk about this for uh, for an age. I think we could uh, potentially leave this for uh, the additional conversations maybe next week. 
But Neil um, he is obviously called Scenario Neil for a reason. I hope you've actually brought oh, another. Fuck no, I've got. I've already dropped this shit. No, we weren't going to do a scenario for the first one. I was uh, going to leave everyone in suspense. Um, but I mean, we've done that. I think when you were on last time, we did the. Um, we did the. T- did we do the team, uh, Will? Uh, oh, yeah. First, yeah first player to pick himself. That's oh, right. Yeah. That's oh, yeah. What's <laughs> wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with that at all. <laughs> I thought it was, I thought <laughs> I was, I was going, going down first every time. Every time. But, uh, that's, yeah, I think I don't think anyone else will want to play with me. That's the problem. But um, I've got hands like hands like feet with sandals on. But, um, uh, yeah, I mean, the, there's the there's the usual ones, like the lockdown questions we did last time and things like that. And then I just, yeah, I mean, I'm trying to go a bit more highbrow, Dom, if I'm honest. I thought you were a four. I thought, wow. Yeah, I mean, so that's what you've been doing. We'll leave the scenario, Neil, until next time. Yeah, <laughs> we'll do it. Pick, pick me up a good one and we'll do it next time. Definitely. No, well, I'll get I think, uh, I think uh, for our viewers as well, it's going to be great to kind of announce uh, that announce this on here. It'd be great to know that you are going to join us, which is great. Joining the panel. Can't wait to get you in front of some of these uh, these ex professionals and let you grill them. We need to tap. We need, we need to tap you up. We need to get some of the Bristol boys on. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll I'll get some good ones, and then uh, I I know all the goss as well, so I can exactly. And I can't wait for you to start. All about it. Well. We want juicy details while they're there squirming. Cannot wait. <laughs> no, welcome, welcome to uh, you know the side team, and put it this way: I've I've wandered into uh, my missus lives opposite Lakota in Bristol, the nightclub, and yeah. uh, we wandered in there for a, for a quiet pizza because they do pizzas as well. Turn around and there's uh, six of the Bristol boys at one of the uh, <laughs> one of the. Um, Little tables in the club, and I was like, oh, I was like, oh, the Bristol lot. And uh, yeah, I'll tell you, I'll tell you next time what happened. But... Was there-